You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome into the Take Command Podcast. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson. He's Logan. I'm Craig. If you're new to the show, uh, welcome. Make sure you subscribe while you're here, wherever you're listening or watching right now. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a like too. We promise you will like the 44-ish minutes still to go on this here podcast. Uh, We will get into practice in just a moment as OTAs are underway in Ashburn. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon after the second OTA, Logan, you were there, but the big topic is about who was not there. Chase Young, predominantly, but Montez Sweat and Charles Leno also not attending. Um, we talked about this a little bit on the on the first part of the week, but what do you make of this now that we know, you know Leno not there? Uh, he did uh, play in, in this system before in Chicago uh, under Matt Nagy, but then you also have Sweat and Young not attending as they enter the final years of their contract. What do you make of it? Um, you know, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I think that, to me, it doesn't like, we think we talked about this earlier in the week. It doesn't really bother me that like a guy like uh sweat isn't here. I know it probably should bother me more like old Logan. It probably would have bothered a lot, but I just feel like, you know, who he is. Like he knows the defense. He's been healthy. He's been consistent. And I think he's probably trying to le- – I have no no inside information on this, but he's probably trying to leverage some type of contract negotiation. That would make sense. Um, same thing with Leno, I think probably to a certain extent, maybe an extension or a restructure. Uh, I, I do think the interesting one is Chase. And I think it's interesting because of kind of the offseason indications that he's gotten from the team, you know, in terms of like not renewing his fifth-year option, which, again, if I'm his agent, I don't really even care that much because I get to make more money if they have to franchise me and I get to hit the open market sooner anyway. So not a huge deal, but also I think just from like my own kind of like what kind of messaging am I trying to send? Like if, if it was me, I'd, I'd come. And I think like we talked about Payne did an excellent job of coming to OTAs, being part of the meetings, being part of the, the individual, and then, you know, didn't even do any team. And we'll talk about this more later, but right now they're not doing a whole bunch of team. Like, I mean, the def- offensive defensive line are pretty much, they have one team period, Everything else is some ver- ver- like some version of team skeleton, which is you know kind of the interior route runners versus linebackers and safeties, um, outside skelly, and then seven on seven, and then there's one team period that's like twenty plays. So there's a lot of route volume, a lot of pass game volume in right now. But in terms of what the D line and the O line are doing, it's a lot of individuals. So I think um, you know he, the the time in the classroom, like we talked about, is the thing that's really valuable, and the fact that he's not here for that. Um, I, I think it's just, it's a decision that I probably wouldn't make, but again, like I was a very different type of, I, I, my, my experience was much different than Chase's and I think he can inform that however he wants. So I 
hold strong on what I said yesterday on the radio, which is this isn't about optics. This isn't about messaging. This isn't about any of the stuff that I think a lot of people make it out to be. Because at the end of the day, if Chase went on Instagram live and was like, bleep Ron Rivera, bleep this, bleep that, like if he went off, right? And was like, they don't want to pay me, whatever. And he showed up in training camp and he showed up during the season and he got 16 sacks, they'd resign him. It's yeah. not about the optics. It's not about the storylines. It's not about any of that. What do you mean? Can so, you elaborate on that? Yeah. So like it, a lot of people are talking about, you know, building trust and all those kinds of things like these, these intangible, uh, like facets to the story to me, what this is about and why this is a bad decision for chase is this is a chance for him to become a better football player and he's passing it up. And I understand there is work he can do on his own to still become a better football player. So it's not all or nothing. But it's, are you maximizing your chances to be an effective player this season in a season where your earning potential uh, is is going to be decided? Or not your earning potential, it's not even potential anymore, where your earnings will be decided for the future. And so to me, it's about like, are you, it's not, it's not like I'm mad at him because he hasn't proven anything and I, I just can't believe this, this middle finger he's giving to the team because it's not that it, it's, it's voluntary. He's allowed to not do this if he wants to go. And, and maybe he knew the practice plan and was like, look, I'm still working on some stuff and I feel really comfortable with, with the routine I'm in next week. I, you know, when you guys do more team drills, I'll be there. Like, we don't know that yet, right? Sure. but he is missing an opportunity to become a better football player to get reps in, you know, however, let's say he gets 10 to 12 of those 20 team reps to do individual drills with his coaches, to be around and in the classroom. And I do think front to the extent that there is kind of the, the messaging to the team, it's just like, do you want to be a part of the team? And Cam Curl today said after practice, Cam Curl, who is barely participating in the actual drills said, I, I'm just coming to work. I'm, I like being with my guys. I like being a part of the team. I like being here. And I think that's one thing that you hear consistently when athletes retire is like they miss the locker room. They miss the camaraderie. They miss being around their teammates. And my question is, why doesn't Chase Young value that stuff the same as most other football players? And not to say that he has to do that to be a great player. He could still take this path and have a 16-sack year because he's ultra-talented. And if he puts it together, and and he, he could still be very, very good or even great. But it does leave questions of like, okay, if this is important to 95% of guys, why is it not important to you? Well, so, I mean, I think you kind of contradicted yourself there a little bit because it is about the messaging. It's about the message to the staff, to the team about how much you like football and how much you want to be here. And I think yeah. like, and like, so to me, like when I look at that, when you talk, I, I don't think, I don't disagree with anything you said, just the way you characterized it. Like ultimately that's what we're talking about is like, does he want to be a part of this organization? Like it's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, I coach high school football. I, I, you know, you train, like you're around athletes, you kind of understand how they tick. I played for a long time. And I kind of felt like this whole thing was like, Hey man, like we are not, happy and again i don't have any inside information on this this is just me like basing it on my experience when this has happened before sure. and i've observed this like you know the team is not happy with what you've been doing like basically and one of the things we're not happy with is that you haven't been around for off season and you're right we cannot impact you or force you to come it's not mandatory but like we'd like you to be here it's kind of the the, the vibe i got right from this whole thing and right. the fact that you're just kind of 
turning your nose at it. Again, I don't think he's not he's not sticking the middle finger to Ron. None of that's going on. I don't think that's a terrible thing. But like they asked you basically to come. They kind of said we we'd like him here. And he's not here. Right. And I think that's that the, from a messaging standpoint, from a want to standpoint, that's the thing I think that that gets me a little bit as a, as a former player. If a guy did that in the locker room, I'd be like, man, that's that's an interesting move. I mean, I'm not going to fault him for making his own choices, like because that's his his prerogative. But in the back of my yeah. mind, if he was on my team, I'd be like, man, that's surprising. So so I guess what I mean by the messaging versus to, to kind of clarify, because I see what you said about me contradicting myself, yeah. the messaging stuff can be overcome. And that's why I, I think that's secondary to what can't be overcome is not being good enough on the field. Right. And I think Chase is passing up an opportunity to become the best football player he can be. And so it's not about like why you do that. It's about the fact that when he gets out there and plays, he's not going to be as good at football as he would have been if he had showed up. Now, is that can I guarantee that's the case? No, I don't know what he's doing now. It's hard to quantify, obviously, how much one practice or one week of practices work in May. But certainly this is his best opportunity to get better. He is not taking it and he cannot overcome a lack of production. That is, that is the thing that ultimately will decide how much he earns. So while yes, the, the, the message it sends and all that kind of stuff it factors into this and it makes it easier to follow and digestible in terms of a storyline, it doesn't matter if he produces. Right. And I just think what he's doing is not giving him as good of a chance to produce. And for that reason, this is a mistake by him. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, and like I said, this is a very interesting OTA structure. You know, I haven't – I think this is the way a lot of teams are going. I like the structure. I think this is – it's good. I, I, I like it. I think it's By good. the way, something the enemy is certainly influenced because oh, this is not how they've done it before. Yeah, I would 100% say that. But the O-line and the D-line are just kind of doing an hour and 15 minutes of individual, you know. And so maybe Chase feels like that would be better served doing other stuff. But I, I personally think, like, come do a cam curl. Come. Don't practice. Yep. And just be in meetings. Like no one's gonna, no one's gonna care about that. No one's gonna right. care. There's a ton of walkthrough in this phase. Like there's a ton of time to be on the board, be around the guys, and then I don't care. Fly your guy out from Denver and then go do that practice afterwards. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like there's a lot of we talked about that last year. There's a lot of ways around this, and so I don't know. You're right. Like if he comes out and produces, no one's gonna care. He's gonna get paid. Everyone's gonna be excited, right? He's arrived. He's the guy who we thought he was. Great. I'm going to be the first one to say that. But I do think these are weird decisions to be making right now. They just seem like there's like a lack of professionalism, I think. And he may have communicated mm -hmm. with Ron. He may have communicated with the staff. And this is totally... And, and to Chase's credit, Ron did say there has been communication. Good. They are in contact. So. Yeah, right. And so, but it just seems like a weird, like a weird decision. Like this yes. is, this is not going to be that hard. It optically, it's good. You know, from a professional standpoint, to your point, it's good. You're going to get be a better football player. It's just, it, I don't understand the motivation really. You know, when it when it comes down to it, I, I don't. I and again, I've never been that guy. I've never really understood that because it's again, it's I don't care who I'm working with in the off season. You're not going to be able to mimic the stuff you're getting here. You know, just the the equipment that they have, even for individuals, the equipment they have. You know, the 20 reps of team. You know, whatever it is, like that's valuable time. And then getting in the context of building the relationship with my fellow position mates, understanding what the defense is looking for, all that stuff. And so, I don't know. I think um, it, it's, a, it's a little bit kind of confounding in my opinion, but I've yeah. seen guys miss and then play really well. So it doesn't it, – sure. it's like not in – if he does play well, everything's going to be fine. And if he's confident, so, he can do that, great. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. So the one question I do have in terms of his side of it, if you will, the one valid thing where I don't really have a great retort is he can't get hurt if he's not out there. And this is a year where he's obviously got to produce and he can't produce if he's hurt. And we've seen guys get hurt in OTAs. Obviously, Armani Rogers goes down yesterday. You know, I think a lot of Commanders fans think about Ruben Foster a couple of years ago when he goes down, yeah. you know, just it happens. It's, yeah. you know, these things can also happen in individual workouts, but, you know, they have they tend to happen, uh, you know, with with I don't know. And that's kind of my question with some level of frequency at OTAs. What is the level, though, in terms of the risk of, of him? uh getting hurt and and that being a, a reason why he would sit out knowing that this is the final year of his contract and he's got to be available when the, the fall comes around i mean i personally don't think i personally don't think that holds any water right because if you're training the way you're supposed to be training away from the facility you're exposing yourself to injury risk like kiko alonzo we have the same agent he tore his acl doing linebacker drills like getting ready for otas and right. thankfully the team picked up his contract and like took care of him but they don't have to right and that that happens. That happens all the time in the offseason. There was an offensive lineman, I forget his name. He was with Baltimore last year. He, he tore his Achilles, not in team activities, but training on his own. And like it's part of the deal. Like to to train at the level required to be functional in NFL on an NFL field, there's a certain amount of risk associated with it. So if he's training the way he should be training away, like based on what I've seen the defensive line doing here, the risk is essentially the same. Like there's there's no difference in risk unless you're really really being uber conservative with your with your own personal team which is fine but then i do think like we've talked about you're exposing yourself to a certain level of risk when you come back and have to play uh during you know mandatory mini camp or whatever it is so uh, I, I i i guys say that i don't want to get hurt i understand that in a more you know like baltimore for example they do a very very competitive um ota period I get it, right? You don't get a lot of time to warm up. It's a little bit dicey, whatever it is, right? But ultimately, like in this situation, in the context of what they're doing here, I don't. I think the risk is probably the same, or, or at least comparable. If you know what I'm saying, so. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. And that's, you know, that's that's ten. That tends to be where I land. It's like there's no good retort other than like there's no logic thing. There's no like rhetorical you know mechanism to answer the question other than it's the same risk he would have on a field in Denver or wherever else. Like, he's, And, and, he's... and the, the only thing I could possibly consider is that you are with some guy who is dialed in to the nines for you personally, understands how you lift, understands the field work you need, is watching film with you, is doing everything you possibly could. Like O-line masterminds does this a little bit, which is why I think maybe Leno feels comfortable with like lifting. Like they're watching film. They're breaking down offenses. They have, I think... Um, the guy Mannyweather has offensive installs that he uses with the guys there from different teams. Like he's very dialed in. And so maybe Leno feels okay missing because of that. But I yeah. don't, from what I understand and what I've seen of chase and it's only the stuff he puts on Instagram. So it's not super comprehensive. I don't think his team is structured that same way necessarily. So that's where I would be like, well, 
you know, get around the team, get around ball. And to Cam Curl's point, which I think is an excellent point, like guys who like football have a hard time staying away from football. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, the other, um, co- like comparison that I've seen that I, I liked and wanted to get your opinion on is I actually had a YouTube commenter, uh, say like, it's kind of like Terry missing last year. Um, in that we saw the impact it had offensively, obviously their situations are very different. So right. I, when I first read that sentence, I was like, I'm sorry, what Terry? No, that dude has actually like been awesome. Uh, his entire career as opposed to chase who is, his had one solid year and then otherwise been disappointing. Um, but we saw Terry and Carson early last season, not on the same page. And it was pretty easy to ascribe it back to them, not having any reps together in the spring, especially considering Carson and Jahan, uh, were pretty locked in in training camp. So when we talk about all three of these guys, sweat, who I worry the least about because he has had a ton of reps over the course of his career with the guys he'll be playing with, um, in terms of sweat and, or in terms of Allen and Payne, obviously. Um, but chase, and then ultimately, uh, Leno on the offensive line with the whole new unit, uh, you know, Cosme, the only guy who's going to be on the field that was on the field last year, uh, but obviously in a different position, how concerning is it that, that sweat and, uh, Young and Leno are not here from a cohesiveness standpoint. Yeah, I mean, you know, defensive line's probably like the least, you know, least important position in terms of cohesiveness because the rules tend to be the, the simplest. But I do think that this defensive line is at their best when they're all kind of rushing together. They're rushing off of each other. They understand kind of what each person's goals are, you know, and I enter, and this is something you get kind of anecdotally as you talk, like, some guys prefer rushing with Montez because they've worked with Montez more over the course of, you know, the last two years because Chase has been out and they don't quite understand and feel out what Chase is doing. So I do think that there's value there. There's always value. You know, it's a team game. You got to work together. You got to understand the calls, understand the communication. So um, I, I think it's not as important as other positions, but I do think it's important for for Leno. It is a little surprising because it is a new system, but also I do think that this system just in the, in the limited exposure I've had the last two days watching practice and then watching all of Kansas City stuff, I think is an offensive line that it's actually going to help him, an offensive system that's going to help him a lot. It's going to insulate him a lot. It's going to protect him, not going to put him out there the same way. And so I do think his production, just from a default standpoint, point will be better. And like you said, he's been exposed to this offense before. Maybe he feels like he can pick it up really quick. He's a 10-year vet, whatever he is. Like, I don't think this is a huge, a huge thing. But um, – you know, in terms of the hierarchy, like I think Leno, because it's an offensive player, they have to know a little bit more. It is significant. I think Montez has been around a ton. The guys know him really well. And I think Chase would probably be the second most important just because he hasn't been. And it's not his fault. You know, some of it, the injuries kept him away from kind of building a chemistry with the guys, which I do think leads to better rush units. So that would be my one thought on that. 